0: On this week's episode of the Marketing Expedition Podcast, we have Jen Graham. She's the founder and CEO of Inclusive, formerly known as Civic Dinners. She is on a mission to design a more inclusive world. An activist, designer, and tech entrepreneur, civic tech entrepreneur, Jen Graham, is the founder and CEO of Inclusive, bringing diverse voices together for conversations that matter. Since starting Inclusive, As a social experiment in Atlanta, Jen has built a global team and a digital platform that has already enabled thousands of conversations around the world, both in-person and virtual. Her clients range from Facebook to Coca-Cola, including beloved organizations such as the King Center, the Sierra Club, the Aspen Institute, and many more. Featured as a 2020 world-changing women in conscious business by Conscious Media Company and recognized by the Atlanta Business Chronicle as Small Business Person of the Year, Rising Star in 2019. Jen's work has also been recognized by President Obama and has received numerous awards for social impact and creative community engagement. You are in for a treat. She's got a lot of good information for us to glean. But first, I need to tell you about... Misfit markets. You can save up to 40% off of your regularly purchased grocery items, the produce that you would otherwise get. But in this case, it's just delicious shopping that's sent to your door. I'm sure, they might be a little misfit, but there's nothing wrong with them. They just maybe look a little funny. <laughs> but you can use my link. Go to Peppershock.com slash offers, Peppershock.com slash offers, and get 40% off your shopping and even get a $25 credit to save $10 off your first Misfit Market order. So you'll get a credit over time. The more you use it, the more you can use the credit. But um, yeah, you'll get $10 off your first Misfit Market order. You can use your link to do it. You just click on the get the offer and you are about to save big time on produce that's shipped to your door. I love it. We get it every week. You can do it bi-weekly. You can do it monthly. You can pause it when you don't need it. If you're going to go on vacation or whatever, but it's helping fight food waste with organic produce and sustainably sourced groceries deliver right to your door. And you get to save up to 40% off grocery store prices and get $25 off total, $10 off your first order. Go to slash offers and use that. And now it's time for the marketing expedition. Marketing basic essentials that you need, the things that you need in order to help you build your brand and bottom line. Okay, so we were talking weekly about how we could engage and enhance and grow our business pages because we we know we have to pay to play. What are some tactics we can take to help make that happen to where people will actually engage on your social media spaces? You're you're putting all this time and energy and effort in all the good things that you're doing on social media. What can you do to help increase that engagement, right? So we have found people love to see faces. They want to see you engaging with your clients, your employees, your, you know, they they love like featured clients or featured employees or things like that, right? When you include faces and photos in your social media posts, you get way more engagement than if you don't. And so we know this because you can also tag faces and you can share them and share alike, right? And we also know if we include our employees and we include a little bit about our culture and who we are and just share a little bit more into the day in the life of what it's like to work at your company or our company for, what, for whatever reason. But those are the types of posts that get more engagement. And I think it's because people want to see faces, they relate to faces, they want to be relatable, right? And so that is one reason I believe that if you can incorporate that into your social media strategy and plan, even if you're working remotely or from home, you know what, have people show what they're doing when they're working remotely. Or, you know, maybe there's a team Zoom meeting and you can show all the faces and people can wave, right? Those are the types of things that for whatever reason, get way more engagement And it's fun and people like to see that you're having fun at work, that you're enjoying what you do. And so that is what I can tell you as a marketing essential moment. And now let's get into the interview with Jen. Welcome to Pepper Shop Media's Marketing Expedition Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in marketing and advertising. Now here's your host, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Peppershock Media, also the founder of the Marketing Expedition Community. And today's guest, I'm excited to have Jen Graham on the show. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Ray. So excited to be here. Well, let's just start off and give a brief history of where you came from and to where you're going now. Just give us a background of your path.
1: Well, as a former community organizer... I've been obsessed with how to move people to take actions on the issues they care about. And after co-organizing TEDx Atlanta for over five years and throwing conferences regularly in Atlanta with fancy stages, spotlights, and coaching people to give the talk of their lives, it finally dawned on me one day after a bike accident that literally propelled me into community organizing that, that the old model... communication where someone's standing on stage and everybody else is just listening and observing uh, doesn't work anymore and it doesn't really move the needle when it comes to real lasting change around policy and culture change and in order to create real change what we really need is a way is a way for more people and more voices to be able to connect with each other around the issues that they care about and in order to do that you have to go smaller and you have to create opportunities for structured dialogue and so in a small group structured conversation is what we are all about and that's what I've been focusing on as a as a community organizer at heart and as someone who really wants to see real change happen and not only in my city but in organizations and in our cultures where we work and where we play and where we collaborate together we we are craving a way to connect more deeply with one another especially around the issues that we care about.
0: So wait, you said a bike accident propelled you into this space. Like what happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Right. It was terrifying. Um, so
1: I live in Atlanta, also known as a very car centric culture. And I guess that happened in 2011. And I was biking on my way to work, hit a parallel grate. And I was lucky that I, I supermaned over my handlebars. My bike front wheel got stuck in the grate. I went over and thank god there were no cars behind me because it was also one of the scariest streets in Atlanta to do that on. Um and it woke me up. I had con- I had, you know, fussed about Atlanta not being bike friendly, but I didn't do anything about it. I was just like, oh, someone else is going to solve that problem for me. I'm just going to, you know, complain about it, but not really. I don't know what to do. So I just I didn't know really where to start and so i immediately was connected to someone recommended to join the atlanta bicycle coalition and i was fired up and i was like hey i've got these skills around organizing and design put me to work and they gave me this project i helped rebrand it and it blew up to become the largest open streets event in the country and i got to literally cut my teeth on how to really organize people how to give them a chance to participate In the solution. And by opening up the streets and removing the cars, we were able to get businesses involved and organizers to, um, you know, from Zumba to, you know, um, all kinds of kind of street hockey and all kinds of activities to get the families out. And we found that uh, families actually buy bikes just to participate in Atlanta Streets Alive. And so we started to change the culture. We helped get a seat at the table for the Atlanta Bike Coalition to allow them to be able to advocate for more uh, bike lanes and all of that. And so that is, yeah, that really, um, and for me helped me, you know, where the rubber meets the road when it comes to community organizing is like really in getting people to care and how do you get people to care? It's through personal stories and finding why them and why this
0: organization
1: or why they should care. So
0: so so now is it a little more bike friendly, that road? It I'm is. Sure. It okay. is. <laughs> we've um we actually as a result, thank you, back to results.
1: Like we um yeah. it's been a while since I've engaged because after that was about in 20 and 20 from like for about three years, I really helped grow the Atlantic Street Alive. And then it was beyond my needs anymore. It was an all on a well-oiled machine and they had I think doubled the amount of bike lanes in Atlanta and have continued to uh, advocate on behalf of cyclists and the belt line has just helped tremendously in, in building the awareness around the need for walkable, bikeable
0: streets. Oh, good. That, and what a marketing story to tell really to, to change and create change in how things are, you know, redesigned in your entire city. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> We here in Idaho have where you can rent a bike, you know, bike share program kind of thing, Boise Bikes, and you can, you can do that, the green bikes, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a growing thing, not just with bikes, but now scooters too. I've noticed, is that in your area as well? It is. It is.
1: Full time.
0: Love it. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me where you are now. What's going forward. You, you've gone through a rebrand. Tell me about your path that you are taking forward. Yeah. So, I mean, as Civic Dinners was the original
1: brand name for for what we were doing, which was basically bringing people together for conversations that matter and having structured dialogue. And it used to happen over dinner, pre-COVID, and then dinner was canceled. <laughs> and it was mostly focused on civic issues because, you know, my passion for the making Atlanta more bike friendly or education or the stuff, we, we really worked mostly with cities and regional governments and helping them reimagine spaces but at the 2016 election happened in the last four years social issues from black lives matter to the voice of women and just like how do we how do we use our tool as a way for bringing more voices into social issues and social movements, not only in their community, but also in their workplace. And so we started working with organizations from Teach for America to Sierra Club to uh, Aspen Institute on like how to rally people around the issues that they care about. And then even companies started coming to us, wanting to you know, use the tools of organizing and having hosting these intimate conversations uh over over food or even over zoom in order to create a more inclusive culture and to allow a safe space and a brave space for people to be able to connect morely with each other on issues they very care, you know care so deeply about so that um, has ultimately it came down to you know our name was often causing confusion it was helping cuz civic dinners are topics you know, expanded far beyond the civic realm into the social and even environmental sector. We have a whole sustainability series now all around the environment and social governance is a big thing, especially in Europe now. And we over, you know, over last summer when COVID and everything shut down, our live events just evaporated. However, our platform was picked up by Facebook as one of the only marketing tools that they had to be able to connect with other entrepreneurs. So we've uh, actually doubled down on our global capability and accessibility and have since then translated our site into 11 languages oh my gosh over yeah it was ridiculous wow. so over um last summer we yeah we, we shifted fully into into the virtual world just so did everybody else um so, but we pivoted in 10 days and as a result of that you know dinner and especially civic didn't necessarily resonate, especially in South Africa, where that is aligned um, with messaging from the government, which doesn't work so well, apartheid. And and also civic means something very municipal-oriented there. So we knew we needed a new name if we were gonna go global. And we looked internally and said, you know what, what is it that we are really all about? And that was always clear, to create a more inclusive world. That was at our heart. And that's how, what we were all about: trying to bring more, more voices and bring, you know, intentionally invite new perspectives to be able to build and and hopefully build community and and build more belonging. And so, inclusive is our new name. It's got two V's to to be about. We're intentionally inviting more voices to the conversations and doubling down on what matters most. Because the other thing that has come become so clear and almost, I mean. We all see it, we feel it in our news feeds on TV and then the division in our country, especially in the US is just uh, devastating. Um, But we also know that there are those that have just been loud and about it and other, but the vast majority want everybody to get along <laughs> and they really wanna just be able to bring people together. And we wanna become that tool that gives people the skills to be able to be bridge builders and to invite others into a real conversation to set a very simple framework for conversation on something that people care about, but might disagree. And that's okay. But if we can just talk about it, air it out and in constructively, we can actually move forward. So it's almost peace building and really designing conversations that can move people towards solutions that actually create the greatest outcomes for all. And so we're doubling down on peace, and that's kind of our part of our new brand is the whole two V's, which also means a peace sign, right? Um, and it's globally recognized around the
0: world. So walk me through this process. If someone someone was to hire you, what would that look like? What would happen? What do you do? I mean, you mentioned Zoom, but like just just give me kind of like your ideal scenario in working with somebody. What does that entail for them?
1: Yes. Great
0: question. So
1: we are—we have kind of two separate products, so to speak. So companies come to us for our library of 50 conversation topics that they can choose from. So I know a lot of company leaders, EOs, people leaders, HR managers are struggling with like, how do I have these conversations that I know my employees want, even customers want them? around how we're tackling inclusivity or um, Black Lives Matter or how we're responding and how we're creating a more inclusive culture, but they're terrified and they don't know where to start and they don't know what to say. They don't know what, you know, so we can provide kind of sample guides and actually give people the scripts. Here's what to say. Here's how to engage everybody in the conversation. Here's the format. Here's how to create a brave space. We actually also provide Facilitation training. So, if they don't feel like they are, they have the right people internally to help guide these. We can even train them uh, before they roll this out internally. We can also uh, think, so they you know choose a topic uh, or a series of topics, and we have actually twelve different pathways, what we call learning journeys, that you can join. So, if it's your first foray into understanding race, and part of your DEI plan is to have that start to have those conversations then we have this and we can recommend a cadence of either monthly or every other month or quarterly. And so you kind of pick your path and we're off to the races. We can help build that program for you. You simply uh, let us know how many people you want to engage in the conversations. And then we can say either. you know, help you set up and schedule the actual time and date, which is oftentimes the hardest part (laughs) It's choosing when you're going to host these. (laughs) (laughs) So we train them on like, here's how you do, here's everything you need to know to set these up. Or you can just send people to one of our predetermined tracks. So we just launched a, a pilot in Atlanta called Inclusive ATL, where we have six topics and one conversation each month, where a company can just say, you know what? I've got five people. I've got 500. I want to just send them to a program and sponsor it on behalf. So that's like a pay-per-seat model as well. That's so right. you can either, you know, send people to an existing program
0: or we can design one custom to your needs. Right. And that seems like along the the way of being able to continuously get people to be a part of this conversation yeah. on an ongoing basis that's great you got it that's yeah it. I mean because oh that
1: is my pet peeve is when oh because I feel it as a community organizer when I was throwing TEDx Atlanta it felt like we were throwing a wedding every four months and right. it was so much work goes into that one event and then poof you never know what happened as a result and that was like you know what this one-time event or putting all of your eggs into one event but not no, you know, where the real work comes into the, it, into the continuous journey and hmm. the follow-up is even more important than the inspiration. And nice. so getting people to, to kind of hold themselves accountable is so, so easy to kind of just drift back into business as usual. Um, and same thing for trainings. We're realizing that like town halls and um, even messages from the CEO, while well-intentioned, sometimes don't have the same impact because people can't grasp onto it or don't have a chance to participate or reflect on what that message means or how, to, how it impacts their daily behaviors or so on. So so the, these programs that we design can complement those and complement summits. And oftentimes that's the way it kicks off. But this kind of continual engagement is so crucial to learning and development.
0: And because we're on a marketing journey and sometimes marketing is from with in, right? Your brand and your culture start from the inside out. Right. And so by doing these things, I mean, I think that it can make companies more attractive for recruitment purposes, for investor purposes, whatever. I mean, it seems like this is something that companies need and maybe they don't even know that they need it yet. What would you say to somebody who maybe is thinking about the idea of hiring somebody like you, but maybe they don't, they don't know what they don't know yet. Right. They don't know that they need something like this. What would you say to them? That's so good. I'd say, say I hear you. And
1: there are a lot of priorities, especially for small business owners and entrepreneurs. I mean, there's so, there's fires everywhere. I will say though, you know, it's been over a year since George Floyd uh, was murdered and people are watching and expecting change to actually happen and if it's on it's not just your employees or your team members it's also your customers and your vendors and even investors if you have them i mean there people are starting to watch and pay attention and it's not only in the inclusive space it's also going to you know also focus on sustainability Uh, and so any of these key huge pieces of of i want to say almost mind shifts and how we think and operate new operating systems can't just be dictated from the top they actually have to be integrated into how we work and you have to get buy-in from your teams on hey we're going to change this way because mobile is more eco-friendly than designing a pdf that has to be printed you know these types of decisions have to you have to empower your people to be able to think differently and to think differently they have to be first kind of almost uh stimulated emotionally and we all we are at the end of the day we're social beings social emotional beings and you know we make decisions from the emotional standpoint and then we justify them with logic (laughs) so that's just how we operate but if if you only pull people in through logic there's only so much impact that you can make but if you can wrap them into the story and bring them with you you can go a lot farther so i'd say it's just it it is exactly that the inside out work and we you know are starting to design topic series and pathways not only on an in inclusive we have inclusive series with over 30 different topics now but we also have our sustainability series and our whole brave new workplace which is helping people understand what you know that health and wellness in the remote world it's so bizarre so new to us like how are we figuring that out together and what's going to work best for us from a Mental health and uh, recovery standpoint, uh, and then the sustainability series is like really getting into the great into the greater understanding and being able to unpack our uh, ability to alter, you know, the the trajectory of our planet based on what we have control over and what we can influence in our own networks. So the I know that's going to be even more important in the U.S. It is already on like very top priority in the, in the EU for sure that we know about, but um, yeah, it's, it's coming. And back to your point, yeah, I'd say now's the time to start and the hardest part is knowing where to start. And I just believe that conversations are the easiest way to, to get into this work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And One thing you said earlier is that even for small business owners, I mean, they, they may have, you know, 10 employees or less, Why is this important to them? Maybe this, maybe they just have in their mindset that, oh, this is for corporate America, but it's not really, I mean, explain a little bit more why it's so important for small business owners to pay attention. Well, small
1: business, uh, as we know from COVID makes up more than half of the workforce, right? I don't know the exact stats on that, but I would say like small business owners are the backbone of our economy and those jobs you know, the, the roles and the, the impact that you can make as a as a leader to let them know that it matters to you and that this work uh matters to them. Like they want to be able to bring their whole selves to to you. And we also know that like what 71% of employees are disengaged in the workplace. And that's just sad. <laughs> and so how can you, you know, are as a as a small business owner, like investing in a human to do work is is expensive, you know, you have to make sure that you're, how do you make sure that you're getting, you know, productivity, um, out of, out of this amazing human, but also how are you tending to their emotional needs? And like someone can't just see, you know, a comment about Simone Biles and be expected to function as normal while their identity is being attacked online. And so like, we have to create a space where people know that they are valued for everything that they bring and everything that they are
0: mm mm-hmm. no, That's great. Well, I appreciate this work that you're doing because it does absolutely matter to every individual, sole proprietor, all the way up to corporate America, leadership, and, and all of the above. Let's shift gears a little bit. I want to know what your goals are for, for what you want to accomplish with what you're doing, the work that you're doing now. What's, what's five years from now, 10 years from now for you? Well, I hope that
1: you know these conversations that we're designing, or we it feels forced when you're having, when you say, like, okay, let's have a conversation. I was, I'm just going to backtrack on that a little bit because I feel I was that young woman that even out of college, I struggled to read fiction because I'm like, what's the purpose? <laughs> I needed to, I was all about business books since I was 16 because I my hear you. Yeah, I was like, hey, what is it? But I also, you know, crave to feel part of a community. And now, you know, I was invited to join in this book club with my girlfriends from college. And I was like, cool, yeah, I can read. And I struggle to read fiction. and But when it came my turn to pick the book, I remember sitting there as we were reviewing it, drinking wine, eating cheese, and people were like, yeah, uh, it's the first time I've ever had to walk into the self-help section of the library, or, or not library, of the library.
0: Right. You know,
1: yeah when bookstores existed in person um, and, and check it out. And I was like, oh my God, I was mortified. I was like, I, but this is what I love. I was the art of possibility. And it was a book all about kind of seeing what's possible by reframing what is most important. I remember I had to get up and leave and I cried. And then the, the woman came and found me. And I was just like, so, and it was just a moment for me to realize, you know what, that's okay. I am into creating you know, I want to learn how to be better and I want to learn how to create better environments for people. And I want to, like, I, it was just um, a moment where I was like, that's okay. And there are probably other people out there like me who want to have these conversations on topics that they care about, whether it's mm-hmm. leadership development, self-improvement, um, you know, or around sustainability or inclusive culture. And what if we just had an easier way to invite more people into that without it feeling like, self-help yeah yeah Yeah. how do we embed that more into the culture and so that's what i would love i'd love to see rather than book clubs you know i want to see inclusive circles popping up and i wanted to be part of the norm where we talk about important issues and not just rally around you know atlanta housewives or you know the 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 shows reality tv shows but i want to rally around issues Mm -hmm. and create more space for talking about what really matters
0: yeah that's great I love that you went back there because one of the questions I love to ask is if you had an opportunity to tell yourself something that you know now, before you got into your career, before you got into this path, what was something you wish you would have known that you didn't know until later? I would say
1: it's okay to do your own thing and beat your own drum. People keep asking me, like, how did you come up with this idea? It seems so simple, but also, like, how is it a business? <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I don't know. I mean, it just, I just stuck with it, and we, we just, I just figured it out. And I think that tenaciousness and that uh, persistence. I'm gonna, gonna follow. Yeah. Um, Warren. <laughs> yeah. With Warren, like, be persistent and stick with it. And it will, it will, it might take longer than you think, but it's going to work. And if you, you know, you're, I feel like the stars have aligned. I, the team, we've grown the team from like, it's been, it was like steady at about two to three and then five and then 2020 and then we got into tech stars. And then suddenly now we're at 30 people. Oh. And whoo, it is. It's a lot. And I would say where I ah. am today, is just like, hang on to your seat, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: <right. laughs> Hang on
1: for the ride. And you're going to get plum. You're going to get pounded. You're going to, but you're going to just stick to it. And it's, you're, you're on a mission. And I feel more convinced than ever that like, this is what I am meant to do here. This, this go around on this earth and I, nothing can knock me off this. So I, I feel like stay on it, stay focused. Um, and and be the change you want to be.
0: What's one of the biggest surprises that you've had in the last few months? What happened? Why was it a surprise?
1: I'd say the biggest surprise for me has been letting go. I used to think, I have a leadership coach now who's incredible, and she helped me through many crying breakout sessions, (laughs) discover that it is possible to separate me from the company mm-hmm. and i had for so long imagined civic dinners now inclusive as my first baby my first child this is like the first thing that i like birthed i you know <laughs> created it, it's now like what five yeah, years old. Like it's my <laughs> baby yeah. i'm protective baby. of it mama bear you know like full right. on uh and and i realized you know like that's that's not gonna be the best thing for this company and instead i need to think of her as a badass business partner and how do i surround her with the mentors that she needs and that know that you know i can i can provide and guide but coming at coming at inclusive as a badass business partner and doing what's right as that has really shifted my whole perspective of how to grow this company and how to bring it support it as it goes off to do incredible things. So it's no longer it also takes a lot of pressure off of me. Yeah, feeling like, oh my god, this thing <laughs> yeah. and protective of it and also knowing like there are a lot of people that care about this the future of this company not just me anymore and a lot of lives that we've touched as a result and there's so much more that we can do. And it's just, that's that's been the biggest surprise is like the willingness to kind of let go and, but to also be there to facilitate and support by building our leadership team to, from you know setting clear expectations, running a big retreat for our team. I got, uh, it's, um,
0: it's helped unlock a lot of core potential. Okay, so I would like to ask this question too. What are some marketing strategies or tactics that you've taken that have really been successful for you. It can be any type of marketing tactics that you can think of, but I'm just curious, like, how have you been able to grow so quickly? And of course, COVID and, you know, being able to have that global reach, but what are some, some things that come to mind right away that you did that you saw that were highly successful? We
1: have yeah. an incredible team now. And now that we have our, our lead generation manager started and, I would say March or April. And before that, we had no marketing. It was, it was blogged and social media and Mm -hmm. maybe a blog, but, um, and our website. And most of our inbound leads came from people who experienced a civic dinner before it was inclusive and got to try it out and experience. And they would tell their friends and they would invite their friends and it would just be this viral kind of thing. And so until we, but that was, also hit us hard when we wanted to raise funds because they're like, "Hey, what's your predictable sales model and what's your marketing and all of these things?" And um, we had to figure it out. So one thing that we have done that works really well, besides our you know, signature events that we run and invite more people to experience the magic itself of what is a structured conversation, what does that look like, especially in the virtual world. Um, but for us, we found we're sticking to our going back to our pr- purpose, which is. How do we lift up other voices to help create a more inclusive world? So one of our, I think, strongest pieces that we've done recently, we launched last week, and uh, it was a list of 12 DI leaders that were that we wanted to celebrate, that were doing great work within their companies. Some of these were our customers, and we just wanted to highlight the 12 DNI leaders that are really doing the work. And we created a piece, put it out, we put it LinkedIn, we targeted our target market on, on LinkedIn. And we've had over 80, 80 downloads of that free content. And the lead generation of this so far has been incredible and has just, and the, the people commenting on like, who's in it and tagging them on LinkedIn. So I feel like we've done this before when we highlighted CEOs that were women, women founders with Uh Sarah Blakely being one of them and others that we had the privilege of working with. And it, helped by like lifting them up. We got lifted up. And so it, it goes back to show I mean, what you, yeah, follow kind of your guide around how do you, if we are there to support others and lift others up, how do we demonstrate that in our marketing? And uh-huh. how do we live that principle in our marketing? And it's been working for us.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a phenomenal tactic to take and one you'll have to continue to do. (laughs) We will. We absolutely will. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I love that. Okay. So what are some resources or podcasts or places you go to get more learning in your industry, kind of what's going on in the world? What do you do to keep yourself educated?
1: I will say I'm old school and I, besides I have two kids. So my yeah. spare time for learning and development. But I am still that girl that goes and, and reads real books. And so um, oh, go. I it yeah. in front of me. Um, but things like from customer success, like we're restructuring our team. So I'm learning all about customer success. I'm learning about copy in the workplace, so words that work in business, brand stories. So I'm sure you may know of this, but in the marketing world, um, story brand has been, uh, we, we just hired them recently to help us with our rebrand launch and I've, I've been embedding this into I think I got their business made simple um, and even marketing made simple so I'm constantly yeah. just devouring books like my dad and I'm going to end up with a full on library but <laughs> I yeah I'm pretty old school I admit that I'm behind on a lot of podcasts that I love, <laughs> but I do rely on kind of key thought leaders. And I also take notes in my moleskin and then I try to teach it back to my leadership team so that I feel like you don't really learn something until you have to explain it back in, <laughs> in words. So it's been great to kind of teach back into my team and, and build that into our
0: learning and development. So wait, how do you? What's your reading routine? Are you an early riser? You read before work. What's What's your routine? I've got some books
1: that I, I have a cute little setup outside with a, a lounge chair next to my favorite bookshelf, and oh, sometimes if I just need a break, or if I've got um, you know an hour or so and I need to think about something, it's typically when I have a problem that I need to solve, and I just scan. And sometimes a book comes to mind of like, Hey, I remember reading something like that when we were trying to solve for our like a sales drip campaign, um, couple of old books, old school, like written in the (laughs) eighties that were suddenly really relevant because it's all about the principles, you know, sales doesn't change. Psychology doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Go back to the, to those that know it and, and lived it. And, um, and, and then also I do love to browse. I mean, I'll I'll take time sometimes during the weekend. Honestly, we'll have a setter come in just so that I can have some uninterrupted think time. I don't encourage my team to do it over the weekend, but if you want to, go ahead. But like sometimes my days are so bombarded with requests and Slack and emails and response that I can't feel at at my strategic best. Mm -hmm. So, So I'd sometimes love to just like devour a book over a weekend by just scanning it, taking notes, and then immediately applying it to whatever I'm focused on in that moment. And that I feel like I can get sparks of inspiration and the application is what's most important. I feel like reading something and then not applying it is back to that reading a fiction book. (laughs) It's
0: like (laughs) no my my best case scenario is a long road trip with an audio book. I no longer called books on tape, by the way. I still, I have to like an (laughs) (laughs) audio book on tape, but I, um, same thing though. I mean, just having kind of uninterrupted time and a long stretch of time that you can do that and take a trip somewhere and, and listen and learn and talk about. And, and my husband and I are in the business together. So we, you know, oftentimes we'll pause it, talk about whatever. It yeah. yeah. I will good. say I,
1: I recently read the book, uh, extreme ownership. Actually, I listened to it. Like you said, yeah, there you went go. went on some walks by myself and wow. I, but I kept feeling the urge to take notes. So I would stop and make a note, Nope,
0: yeah <laughs> in the, in the audible <laughs> yeah, um, yeah but yeah and my husband
1: and i were trading it so of course like we would have to make sure we were still not too far ahead of because he'd have to skip back to where it was but yeah and it was it was great i had our whole leadership team team ownership okay i'll have to check. team ownership
0: okay. we, we
1: it i will say it is um heavily focused on like military-esque style leadership so just come at that take it take what you will but it's still the same leadership principles that can help really get, uh, find alignment and focus. I found it a very different perspective than I'm used to reading.
0: Okay. So how can people get a hold of you or in touch with you if they're interested in something that you have to offer to them?
1: Yes. I'd say, um, reach out, come to inclusive.co. So I N C L U S I V Co. and find us, or you can email me directly. We have uh, Jen, J E N N at inclusive.co I mean, it would be incredible to talk to you. We also have, we're redoing our entire website in August. And so we'll hopefully have a brand new site <laughs> very soon. We have our new homepage, but building out a lot of resources for companies and universities and even um, you know even nonprofits and governments that we've worked with as well. So we're really trying to design paths for all the different ways that you wanna engage audiences from employee engagement, customer engagement, alumni, student, member, uh, you name it. So we're, we're kind of helping to craft exactly what you can do to get started. And the hardest part is is just starting the conversation. So
0: yeah, no, this is great. And we'll have to have you back on the show after a while and give us an update and, and uh, share how that process went with uh, getting everything all dialed in and rebranded and redone. It's always a fun Fun thing to go through, nerve-wracking at times, but super fun once you get on the backside of it and on the end of it, right? (laughs) Yes, yes,
1: yes, indeed. It has been, um, I mean, crossing fingers so far, so good, smooth sailing. And I feel like it's because the name resonates so much more with what we were doing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's cleared up a lot of confusion. And it just, it makes so much more sense for our customers to be able to talk about us internally as they try to resell and- to build the support that we need to create the movement.
0: Oh, that's so great. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on our show today. And for those of you listening, of course, go to the show notes and we'll have the link in there for her website as well. And if you're interested, of course, follow up with Jen and see what you can do to help continue the path forward in your company uh, or maybe the company that you work for, (laughs) depending on who you are and when you're listening. But uh, thank you, Jen. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Barry. I appreciate
0: you. And And also just a reminder to our listeners, the best thing that you can do for us is to give us a review, share this with others. It's definitely a compliment when that happens. We get to track all the the downloads and all the things. So please go ahead and do that for us. And until next time, enjoy the journey.
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. Find more online at peppershock.com.